Sweet. Well, I was thinking with a group this small, we can do things different, a little more interesting. You know, every time you hear the dinging of a bell, you need to change your seat. If you hear it twice, you got to change rows. And if you hear it three times, we're going to hit sit crisscross applesauce in front of me. Okay? You ready? If only I would have brought my bell. <laughs> So uh, we do, I do have an announcement. Um, we have no service next week, which is a Saturday, the 23rd. Instead, we are meeting down here at 4 o'clock on Christmas Eve, which is a Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a family-style service, candlelit, the whole deal. Um, we decided to just stick with the community we have now to celebrate um, the most pivotal moment in all of human history. So, all right, before we get started, let's just... Uh, Take a moment and kind of focus in on why we're here, uh, just through prayer. God, we are here because we care about you and you are important to us. And we simply want to set aside an hour of our, our day, of our week to seek you. So we ask that you would bless those meager efforts with your goodness, that you would pour out your rich blessings upon us. So that way we can walk out of here understanding you more, having the opportunity to live our lives better. God, over anything else, we desire for you to have glory. Amen. So we've been walking through a series the last four weeks called Created for a Purpose, and we've looked at a lot of different things. Um, last week, I was kind of focusing in on the fact that we've all been created with specific gifts and talents that God made you the way you are so that way you could accomplish what nobody else can accomplish. That you have this time, in this time and in this place, you are here for a reason. You know, and tonight I wanted to look at the importance of how we use our time. You know, you can look at hypothetically the fact that we were created for a purpose, which was there, it's, that's genuine, but we have this thing called free will that we have to consider. You know, even though something is created for a purpose, unless it chooses to live out that purpose, then it won't. And I really just want to focus in on how we use our time. You know, we live in a time of choice and seemingly endless opportunity. From the freedom that our country provides, the wealth that we personally get to experience, and technology and its endless benefits, we live in an age of choice. Most of us understand how privileged we are, but few of us see the beautiful nature that we live in comes with a curse. We take on too much. Due to our access to a bottomless reserve of options, we tend to pile more and more onto our lives. This includes both the good and the bad. You know, let's start with the not so good. It may be the obvious bad. Drugs or excess alcohol, the pursuit of lust or greed. We have so many different chances to indulge ourselves in whatever option, whatever vice seems most appealing for the moment. Or it may be the not so obvious bads, excess pursuit of entertainment and leisure. Whether it's time on the computer, tablet, phone, or on the golf course, we have the freedom to spend much of our time doing what we hope will satisfy. We also pursue work to excess. Long days, late hours, working on the weekends. At times it seems logical, almost necessary, but it's such a huge time suck. You know, on the other side of the coin, we often overload our lives with the good. Church, 
small groups, family gatherings, fundraisers, service opportunities, helping friends, and the list goes on and on and on. And each of these things is good. They are good for us, for our lives, and for the lives of those who we're hanging out with or helping. But when we fill our days with too many good things, we become overloaded and are unable to do them truly well or to receive the personal benefits that come from these good things. Let me give you some examples. It's the holidays. Have you ever had a holiday season where you had too many obligations? Too many families that you're trying to pack in on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? What happens as you jump from family or friend party to party? You become overloaded and you miss out on all the good that comes from doing those good things. You know, or too many church events. Right? There's times where we take on too many small groups, too many service opportunities, too many nights here at church, and we forget why we're coming here, to know God and to glorify him. And instead, our minds get focused on making sure we get the reading done by tomorrow morning so that way I don't sit there looking like a fool, or making sure I connect with all the individuals that are there so that way I stay popular. Right? We lose sight of the good when we have too much of that good. You know, even though there's so many benefits of living in this age and in the country in which we live, the freedom of choice that we have comes with its own burden. With so many options of how we can use our time, we can easily make poor choices or be swallowed up by too many good things. You know, where I want to go with this, we have been intentionally created to live in this specific time and place in order to accomplish what the creator calls us to do. What we so often forget is that we've been given a limited amount of time. The number of our days is set. It's kind of a sobering thought when you ponder it. How we choose to spend our precious time shows us what our priorities are. Now, question, what should our priorities be? In what things should we invest our time? That precious amount that we've been given. You know, the Bible makes it clear that the number one priority we should have is our creator. You know, in Matthew 22, 36 and 37, Jesus tells us that loving God with every part of who we are is the main reason we exist. Let's go ahead and read it. I know you've heard this before. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? That's a big question. The number one thing that God put us on earth to do. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind, every piece of who you are. You know, we see psalm after psalm that declares that we are to give God glory, to bow down before him in worship. Just one that I chose, First Chronicles 16. One before that, if you would. Thank you. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all people. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. For all the gods of the people are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the people, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe or give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. Tremble before him all the earth. The world is firmly established. It shall never be moved. 
Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord is our king. Right? This is to be our anthem as children of God. The one who made us is to be our priority. To be raised up in our life is the most important thing. Our pursuit of him is to outweigh our pursuits of everything else in our lives. Let that sink in a little bit. Our pursuit of our creator is to outweigh our pursuit of everything else, good things in our lives. Why? Why should he be our priority? Not priorities, but our priority, the number one thing in our life. Simple, because he made you. Without him, you would not exist. Without him, you would not be who you are. Without him, you would not have all the good things that you have. He is to be our priority because he is a source of life. The things and people we love so dearly are there because God gave them to us. Your parents, your spouse, your siblings, your kids are in your life because God intentionally put them there. The technology that we enjoy exists because God gave us the minds to create such magnificent tools. Golf courses and mountain bike trails are simply created things. The creation should never rival the creator as our priority. Let me give you an example. Maybe make this a little bit more real. Now think about the meal that your mom makes that is the best meal that you've ever had. All right, we've all had it. Think about it a little bit. Let your mouth water. Does your heart long to thank your hands for bringing the food to your mouth or the plate for holding all that food in place? Does this meal exist because the random ingredients just happened to be sitting on the plate when you walked in? <coughs> of course not. It is there because of the master's hand and what she was able to create. It is in front of you because of your mama's love for you and her desire for you to feel loved. Now bring this back to what we're talking about. We so often forget that the good things in our lives are there because God loves us and wants us to feel loved. That's why he gave them to us. He created the world the way he did, full of good things and pleasure and enjoyment because he wants us to have pleasure and enjoyment. He wants us to experience his love in those ways. Because we have breath in our lungs, food on our tables, people we love in our lives, and the joy of entertainment in our lives, we should make the one who gave them to us our priority. We so often get focused in on the things and we forget that they were given to us. Now, how do we do this? That's a big question. But I think the main way that it starts is our state of mind. Our mental and emotional view on something has a major impact on its worth. When you see something as a waste of time, you don't waste your time doing it. When we see something as truly worthwhile, we are willing to pour our mental and physical time into it. If you want God to be your priority, you must understand his worth. You must spend time considering who he is and what he's done for you. Our focus on God and his goodness must be more than just fleeting thoughts. Our consideration of our creator must occur for more than 30 to 45 minutes on a Saturday, two minutes before you go to bed, or 30 seconds before you eat a meal. The more we fix our minds on God, 
the deeper our understanding of his worth will become and the more he will become our priority. You know, the Bible gives us a lot of examples of what it looks like for God to be an individual's priority. You know, I just picked two, David and Paul. Um, let's look at David's remarks of his view of God in Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. Is there another one? My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips when I think of you on my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Think about that as a priority. Your right hand upholds me. You know, there's another one that Paul gives in Acts 20. And this is just an incredible testament to his view of who God is for him. So he's on his way to Jerusalem. Um, He's already gone through his three different missionary journeys and about to be deported to Rome. And now, as a captive to the Spirit, I am on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and persecution are waiting for me. But I do not count my life of any value to myself. If only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the good news of God's grace. You know, it's easy for us to classify the people of the Bible like David and Paul as mythical figures or superhumans. But we have to remember that apart from time and culture, they are so similar to us. I believe that a major way that they developed this view of God was through spending time meditating on who he is and what he had done for them. Right? Before Paul started everything, he was pulled away into Arabia for three years to meditate and to receive things from God. If you read Psalms 119, David just goes through verse after verse after verse about the benefits of meditation. The fact that they were able to receive this through something so simple means that we have the ability to embrace God as the most important things in our life to have an intense longing for him and a willingness to sacrifice everything in our lives to bring him glory. A major way that this will come is through us intentionally spending time meditating on who he is and what he has done for you. You know, I think one of the best times to spend your time doing this is in the margins, the fringes of your day. The times of the day outside of the busyness when we have freedom. Freedom from our jobs and our responsibilities, right? We have a lot of responsibilities, but we all have those moments. Maybe on your way home from work, maybe you have two hours between work and dinner. Maybe after you put the kids to bed, you have an hour and a half before you pass out, right? It's those fringes. The weekend, like Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, right? There's always that time. 
Normally, we spend this time to seek out entertainment and leisure. The time of the day when we can choose to work overtime, to stay a little bit longer at the offices. The time of day when we can go to church or a small group or serve others. You know, I'm not saying that God doesn't want us to enjoy entertainment and leisure, that he doesn't want us to work overtime, that he doesn't, that going to church and being a part of small groups and serving other people is not a part of our design. But in order for God to be our priority, we have to directly pursue him. So instead of watching Netflix for an hour, make it a half an hour. Instead of flipping through Facebook or Instagram for 30 minutes, cut it down to 15. Instead of playing soccer or going mountain biking or playing basketball three times a week, do it twice. Instead of going to five service opportunities this month, go to three. You guys are getting the idea of what I'm saying? Instead of working five to 10 hours of overtime, work two to three hours. With your newfound free time, seek your creator. Spend the time reading and meditating on the Bible or thinking through what he has done for you and expressing your gratitude. Use this time to seek his guidance through prayer or read another book that somebody has written about him. Go on the walk in the woods to praise him. Grab your journal and simply dedicate your mind to him. Just find a way to let him know that he is your priority. Downtime is the place to do that. When we set apart time to do this in our margins, slowly our minds will be saturated and our thinking influenced and this will bleed into the rest of our day. You know, I came up with a bit of a science experiment to show you kind of how this maybe works to give you a visual. I wish it involved a bell, but it doesn't. So Chris, if you wouldn't mind. So they were initially white, right? Now they're blue and red, the same color as the water that they've been sitting in. You know, our minds are so similar to these flowers. It's so easy for us to assume that what we do for an hour or two at the end of the day has no impact on our life. But our brains are sponges that continually absorb whatever we place in front of our eyes or allow to go into our ears. If you make entertainment or your hobbies, or overtime at work, your priority during your downtime, then it will slowly become a driving force behind what you do or where your mind goes for the rest of the day. You know, I'll give you an example in my life. I'd say two, three years ago, I was really into rock climbing. You know, I was an avid climber. It started, you know, a decade ago, just going out once or twice a week, and then eventually it developed into like three or four or five times a week. And it was always in my, the fringes of my day, right? Because I was a school teacher. I, I did what I had to do in order to provide for my family. But then when I had that free time, I devoted it to climbing. And what ended up happening was outside of that free time, I would continually be thinking about climbing. I'd be texting my friends while I'm sitting at my desk and kids are filling out their homework, right? During my lunch breaks at school, I would be flipping through video after video of people climbing. I would be calling in sick when I wasn't sick because it was a beautiful day outside so I could go climbing, right? This thing was so good for me, or at least I thought it was, but what happened, because I devoted so much of my free time to it, it just saturated into the rest of my days. This can be the same thing with our pursuit of God. 
The same thing with our pursuit of God. By setting apart small chunks of time to intentionally pursue your creator, they can be small, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. You will be fueling your passion to seek God, to know more of who he is, and to live your life in the way that he made you. How you spend life in the margins affects every part of who you are. So, last question. This answer is short. But why make God our priority? Why choose to devote time during our time to relax to pursue him? He is the only thing that will give you what you truly desire. Work, entertainments, hobby, even church-related activities like this one will, in the end, always leave you unsatisfied. Created things are flawed and temporary, but our Creator is perfect and eternal. He is the one who designed us and knows how to bring us the deepest satisfaction possible, one that goes down into our souls. Let's take a moment to still our minds and just kind of present ourselves before our Creator. God, right here, right now, in this moment, you are our priority. You are what we desire more than anything else. Spirit, I ask that you would just ignite something within each of us to make this just priority that is infused into every moment that we have. Just give us a passion to love you, to seek you, and to serve you. I ask that you and your glory and your radiance would completely outshine anything else that we tend to go to. God, you are good and we long for you. Amen.